0: Making the world a better place for cats. This is the Cat Show Podcast. Hosted by the cat mama herself, Melissa Newman.
1: Hello. I'm so pleased to have you here with me on the Cat Show. This podcast is possible thanks to the generosity of my VIP patrons. So thank you so much Cat Pad Enclosures and Oz Pet Litter. They help me keep the lights on at the Cat Pad and food in the cat bowls and are helping me in my quest to make the world a better place for all cats. This episode is all about kitten scams. This is not a topic I thought I would ever have to do, but there are so many nasty pasties out there scamming unsuspecting kitten buyers that I knew we just needed to address this issue. I'm joined today by Margie Wright, a Maine Coon breeder and scam hunter. There are some incredible stories of how these scam artists suck you in with an adorable kitten photo that you emotionally become attached to, then take your money and run. Margie and I talk about what to look for and how to make sure you're talking with genuine kitten breeders. Now, just a word of warning. This information is general in nature and you do need to talk with your local cat groups to make sure it applies to your area. But most of the info is fairly generic and will help you spot a scam. Let's get into the interview. Hi everybody and this morning I would like to welcome Margie Wright who's going to be talking with me today about the scammers out there that are trying to take your money for cute kittens and cats. So thank you so much, Buggy, for joining me. How are you going? Oh, thanks, Melissa. Thanks for having me along. Yep. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, because you are now breeding Maine Coons, I believe. Yep.
0: So I started uh, nearly four years ago now when I got my first uh, show neuter, or ordered my first show neuter, and I showed for a couple of years until I got my first breeding queens, which I obviously have shown, and now I've had some litters on the ground, um, and got quite heavily involved in in looking at um, specifically main Coons, yeah.
1: And Maine Coons and Ragdolls seem to be two of the real um the real popular ones, as far as when it comes to scammers, and I think Bengals are in there as well.
0: Yeah, um, looking at a couple of uh, Facebook scamming websites, uh, both Facebook and on the web um, in Australia, you you're right. It's the big cats. ragdolls, yeah. I think because they're nice and placid uh, and there's quite a few backyard breeders out there with them unfortunately. Maine Coons because again they're nice and big and placid. Um, Bengals because they're quite stunning cats um, yeah. and there are a couple of others as well. Um, yeah. and I think this and scammers are starting to pick on some other
1: breeds as well yeah i know there's actually a facebook group now for abyssinian um, breeders and scammers as well so um, it's definitely moving outside what used to be just the popular um or the the current breeds um i think sphinxes also have a bit of a problem because they're yeah. quite popular at the moment as well so it does tend to be a little bit about um the cats that are the most popular at this current point in time, because of course with breeding cats, it's not like you can just go down to your local pet shop and pick yourself up a breed. You've actually only got so many breeders and so many kittens. So when you've got a popular breed, I suppose that's where these bastard scammers for want of a better word, um, go in and find what's popular. And that's really where what they're targeting, isn't it?
0: I think I'm certainly here in Australia um, all the cat registering bodies um, their breeder ethics are that you cannot sell kittens in pet shops so if you're seeing a purebred kitten in a pet shop then it's from a backyard breeder or a scammer yeah Um, so I think that's why there's more scamming going on in the background yeah Whereas, if you want to go and say you can buy a border collie puppy, or there are others, because a lot of the dog breeders are not necessarily registering their litters, they don't belong to the kennel clubs. Um, You know, farmers have border collies, and we had border collies for years, Um, and they certainly weren't registered. Um, And, you know, a pup was maybe carton a beer or something like that. (laughs)
1: in the good old days when you wanted a farm dog and you'd go down the way yeah
0: yeah or it might have just been amazing in a couple of years down the track and and that's that's all it was
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely so um when it comes to finding um a cat or kitten from a breeder who's you know legit and not a scammer um i suppose what we need to do today is just talk about how people can ensure that first of all they're finding a breeder who is doing the right thing by their breed and isn't a backyard breeder Um, and the second one is you know what are some of the warning signs when you're uh, in conversation with somebody about a kitten because i suppose the biggest problem is people see a cat whether it's on instagram or facebook or wherever fall in love with the picture of this cat Have because yeah. cats easily bond like they're such beautiful creatures people bond with them very quickly so first of all let's have a look at or let, let's talk about some of the things that responsible breeders um, do in order to make sure when you're actually looking for a kitten some of the things that you should be looking for well
0: if you're <sighs> looking for a kitten um as a responsible breeder uh, we would probably have a not just a facebook page but we would have a website and on that website we would list our cats with their cattery name so their registered prefix yeah we would detail our health testing program yep for the particular breed um, and i've got a couple of notes here um, registered breeders are registered either in their state or in their country with a major cat fancy registering body and they are the one to issue
1: the certificates of pedigree. Um, and, and I just want to take a step back a little bit there. For, for those people that are not familiar with cat breeding, because it's really really easy for us because we've been, we're in the the area for a long time, but when we're talking about the paperwork and the pedigree papers, what we're actually talking about really is a family tree where we can actually look back and see the family of that cat. And it can go back sort of, you know, five to six generations. And that's really the pedigree that we're talking about, isn't it, the paperwork we need?
0: Yeah, yes it is. So it's actually a certificate of pedigree and um, they will have at least four generations, and some breeds will have five generations. Yep. Um, And obviously it's a little bit more expensive to to have one of those printed off. Yep. Uh, And there's a K. I think there's a couple of breeds worldwide that actually ask for more than five generations, and that's just to make sure that everything's all correct.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, whether it's uh, yeah. I've got a feeling the Bengals do that, don't they? Because they have to be a certain amount of generations away from the um, original. Um, to wild. have
0: yeah, to have Bengals and a couple of other breeds come into Australia, they do need to be a certain number of generations yeah. away from the wild.
1: Yeah yeah so the important part about that paperwork is that we're not talking about people that have just bought two cats and put them together and are calling them a particular breed that's um, right. because basically any any cat that doesn't have pedigree papers is a domestic short hair or a domestic long hair that's ultimately. correct yeah yes. so, yep. so yep. unless it, the pedigree comes with the paperwork doesn't it yes yes yeah yeah. So it, it's. I was having a bit of a giggle to myself the other night. Somebody was uh, had put something up on Facebook and said um, that, you know, this was their, um, I think it was a ragdoll cross main Coon. And I thought, first of all, I'm thinking, wow, main Coon and ragdoll cross, that's just, you know, not something that you would do anyway. But it didn't look like a ragdoll and it didn't look like a main Coon and it was actually a short-haired black and white cat it was just a, a it beautiful it was just, a, yeah. it was just a, a really nice domestic cat. and that's the thing is that
0: our ferals or our domestic cats are beautiful looking cats yeah. and they may look like a particular breed yes but if they don't have a pedigree a registered pedigree and they are not a registered
1: cat Exactly, that's it. And I suppose even those cats that may have come from pedigree stock that are not registered are not classified as pedigree cats. That no, is so very important. I've got
0: a tabby Abby yep. and her mother was a registered Abyssinian yep. and her father is the local tabby. Um, and she very much looks like an Abyssinian, but she's got yep.
1: stripes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and these things do happen. I mean, you do get the the odd pedigree male or female that's going to, you know, nick out to the local yeah, tom did. or whatever. And so, so these oopsies do happen occasionally. Um, but it, it you wouldn't actually class that cat as a pedigree cat, as you said, it's a tabby abby. It's she's a tabby abby. Yes, uh, and I have to
0: say that abby breeders like tabby-abby. yourself. Yep. Don't agree with me calling her a tacky, Abby. but yep.
1: um, yeah. yeah. So that's the first thing we need to look for is to make sure that the paperwork and the genetics that is traced back or able to be traced back down a lineage, that's probably yes. one of the very first things that we need to look at, isn't it?
0: Yep. Yes. Um, and that's one thing that's quite obvious with scammers is that they won't provide a pedigree. Yeah. Yep. Um, or if they do, then it's one that's just uh, made up um, on the computer. Yep. It doesn't have the official documentations. It doesn't have the official seal um, and the
1: signatures and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, my my dog's bouncing her ball around in the background. If you hear that bouncing noise, that's all it is. <laughs> She's wanting to play this morning, but she can just wait for a little. <laughs> yeah, longer. that's all right. Okay, yeah. so the next thing I suppose we need to look at is our governing bodies. Um, so everywhere in the world has some sort of form of governing body when it comes to, that's right. um, yeah. to cats. So, I mean, it's the same with dogs, you know, everybody has some kind of, of governing body. So I suppose the next thing that, what exactly should we be doing as far as the governing bodies are concerned? Um. You can ask the
0: breeder um, if uh, who their cat's registered with, and you can then contact that breed society or governing body, and you can ask if that breeder is registered. Yeah. And now, in there's a lot of them, here isn't in there? Australia, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, here yeah. in Australia, we have Triple C A and A C F and ANCATS Cats are the three main ones. Yeah. Um, ANCATS Cats is national. And you can just contact ANCATS and say, is this person registered? Yep. With Triple CA and ACF, um, they have an aff- at least one affiliate each in each state. Yeah. So that means, so for example, here in South Australia, we would either go to FASA or we would go to governing council. And that's easy. You can go onto their website and you can send them an email and say, is this person a registered reader? Yeah. What's their number? um and what do they breed Uh, and you'll get a confirmation back
1: yeah and i know with governing council they've actually got some warnings on their website of some breeders that may have at one stage been part of um, the governing council that for whatever reason have actually been um, kicked out for not doing the right thing by the breeds so um, your local um, cat registries will know yeah, they're, they're the, the first place of yes. call, yeah. Yep. And of course, yes. not yes. all registered breeders are going to be perfect and doing the right thing. So what are some of the other things that we need to um, sort of check out? Like, How can how can we actually see things like, is the cattle clean and is this person looking after their cats and, and that sort of stuff?
0: Uh, registering bodies will have a code of ethics that their breeders sign and agree to abide by Yep. And those Code of Ethics, whether it's um, or Code of Conduct as well, stipulates that you need to maintain your cattery at a certain minimum standard. Yep. Um, those standards will be above, so better than what's required by state law yep. and animal
1: welfare laws. Yeah, and some of them also have accreditation programs as well, where That's they right. go out yep. and accredit the, yep. the catteries yep. and which means that you've got a third party going in there and actually having a bit of a nosy and doing some of the groundwork for you as well. So that can be yep. really helpful. So those
0: accreditation programs are either by your local vet and then yep. rechecked by someone from the governing body yep. or they have a couple of other breeders come out and have a look. So they're checked by two or three other people. Yeah. They're not just signing off on some documentation.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that's cool. So I know you've been doing a bit of work behind the scenes, tracking down some of these scammers. Tell us a little bit about what they get up to. What are some of the things that they do? Oh,
0: um,
1: I had some oh, fun, fun on some Saturday stories. afternoon,
0: <laughs> chasing down um, a person who had posted on Instagram. Uh, they advertised three main Coon kittens for sale. So I asked specifically just for one kitten. Um, they wouldn't provide a copy of the pedigree. They wouldn't tell me what health testing I had asked for, what was required for a main coon. They wouldn't um, tell me the actual stud names, the registered names of the parents. They did provide me with some very cute photos. Um, the kitten I was <laughs> Oh, they go, oh it was a beautiful cat, beautiful kitten. <laughs> However, they didn't actually have its markings and its coloration actually correctly described. so that was another thing that went wrong. Yep. They asked for um, full payment within a period of very short period of time. Um, there was no, you know, can I have a look or can you give me some more information, can I think about it? No, it's, it's pay up. Um, I taste up another couple and the same sort of thing. They asked, did I want to pay by PayPal or Walmart? Now we don't have Walmart in Australia, I know. Yeah.
1: I so that was, that was actually really funny, like if you're going to scam in a particular country, <laughs> at least get your local gift cards um correct like the fact that yeah. they were saying they were in melbourne and you could pay with walmart cards or, I, know, yeah. I mean, I know, I mean yeah. anybody i think that that would have to be a huge red flag anybody that says you can pay with gift cards like you know i know itunes cards are quite popular for scammers as well yeah it yeah. just yeah something's seriously wrong there um
0: their grammar was not very good yeah now that's not necessarily a something to be aware of but when you continually ask for certain things and they're ignoring what you're asking and then yep. they keep coming up with things that, that's a warning yes to, to actually be aware of
1: Yeah. um let's just go back a bit because yep. you did mention about genetic testing and this is something that um a number of um, breeders do to yep. check with individual cats and within particular breeds of cats there's particular genetic issues that can happen i mean sometimes you can have a cat that carries a particular genetic trait that is a problem but as long as it's not bred with another cat with, that has the same problem you don't have that crossover issue and, and things of that nature so that's actually a pretty important one as far as the um yes it is
0: yeah. yeah, so so, so some, breeders
1: would know yeah. what they need to be looking for for their particular cats. Yeah, so when
0: I first start looking at Maine Coons, which was probably about six, seven years ago, um, and you go onto reputable sites around the world, and they would talk about those websites would actually talk about the diseases that were found in Maine Coons and what. You should be looking for and yep. what the breeders would be testing for it's the same as if you go for a ragdoll or a bengal or you know any other breed yeah and different diseases occur in different cats because yep. it depends on where they've originated around the world
1: yeah
0: and what have been crossed to then breed a new breed um some diseases are what's known as dominant in which case um even if they only carry one gene for that disease. The it's possible, yeah. The disease, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, if they carry two genes, then they probably will have that, be born with that disease. Yeah. If they have only one gene, it may um, turn up later. Yeah. Or it may not occur at all. Yeah. Um, and then if they're, if they don't carry it then obviously they're not going to get that disease.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's um I think the other thing too is that the, the breeders that are doing the right thing by the breeds are doing the genetic testing on the cats that they need to. And it's yeah. not something that's cheap. Like I know we've just recently had our stud boy done and it's like 165 Australian dollars to have a decent panel. Which includes their traits as far as color and you know all that sort yep, of thing, yep. but also for for the main diseases for a particular breed. So, knowing that you've had um, some genetic testing done means that you know you're a legitimate, really doing the right thing by your cats type of breeder.
0: Yeah, but not all diseases um, have had their genes discovered yet. Yes. Yeah. So doing a DNA test won't necessarily show up all the diseases yep. there are other tests um, so for cats that get um HCM they need to be heart scanned every yep. couple of years so breeding cats yep um, most large framed cats but some other cats get hip dysplasia yep. so that means they need to be x-rayed and the x-rays are sent off for scoring and there's a, there's two or three places around the world that they can do that
1: And that happens a lot with dogs too. I know um, golden retrievers and stuff have the same sort of problem with. um The The sort of the bigger the animal gets, the the more issues that you can have structurally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the selection for really big cats, so the the big breeds.
0: Yeah. Because people want really big cats, and we get inquiries and say, "How big your cat?" Well, I'm sorry, but I don't answer those. (laughs) where the selection has occurred overseas for bigger and bigger cats they are increasing the incidence of hip dysplasia because they grow faster um, they tend to bounce around a bit more and they're all things that can increase the incidence of hip dysplasia so it need not necessarily be genetic but cats could be you know both parents are free Yeah. yeah but it can turn up um and you know if you grow your animals really fast then they're more likely to get Um, issues on growth plates at the the top of the femur and in the elbows and all their other joints as well.
1: So realistically with breeders if they're trying to get big cats to be bigger they need to look at good solid big cats to start with and then from the litters moving forward they need to find bigger but very good solid cats in order to to make that change slowly over time. Rather and, than
0: trying to do it, yeah. yeah. So there's been a program for hip dysplasia in Maine for about twenty years, yeah, uh, around the world, and they've actually found that when they've been selecting for cats without hip dysplasia, that as the generations go on, the cats have become smaller. So size is very much uh, implicated in getting yep. hip
1: dysplasia. Yeah. So big is
0: not better.
1: No, any of the big breeds.
0: So any of the big breeds, whether it's dogs or cats or fast growth in pigs or really fast growth in cattle, the same thing happens. Yeah.
1: And as responsible breeders, we need to make sure that it's the health of the cat that comes before anything else. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I think that's another thing is if you can actually get to speak with a breeder. And they'll start to tell you all about their breed because we I don't know about you, but I think every breeder I've met um can sit and talk about their breed all day, every day, oh, and we'll sure. be happy to do it, yeah. you know? Yes, yes,
0: yeah. Look, um I spent a day, a couple of days down at the showgrounds this week talking with students who had um were showing off their school weathers. And it was now for so those people
1: that don't know, school weathers are sheep.
0: A sheep, yes. Um, so um, those kids had worked with their sheep for the last six months and grown them out and trained them to walk and, and behave at the show and do all sorts of things. So it was amazing because they knew all about their sheep, even though they hadn't bred them, they still knew just so much about their sheep.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and it's no different with breeders with their cats. They yep. know about what their cats can do. They know about their bloodlines, you know, where they've come from. Yep. Um, you know, and what they're possibly likely to look like down the track.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. And, well, I mean, we have cat shows as well, and this year's sort of been a bit of a crazy one with COVID and everything, so not there's not cat shows everywhere like there was previously, and the ones that we are having are only available to the um, entrants yes, and not yes. the general public. But moving forward, cat shows are actually a really good um, place to go to talk to different breeders and have a look at the different yes. breeds, especially yes. if you're not um, sure what you want it's a more
0: relaxed uh, way to actually look at your cats yeah it's obviously much easier to talk to a breeder and to actually look at the different points of a particular breed that you're interested in yeah and walking around i mean i'm not sure how many breeds we've got here in south australia we don't have all of them but yeah we have quite a few um and i'd say that if you're not really sure about what breed you would like to get that you know getting to a cat show and looking at the different breeds talking to the owners and finding out some of the less desirable traits because yes. sometimes you know and not everybody's going to want a abbey
1: that belts around the house at a great rate absolutely enough. you certainly wouldn't want to buy an abyssinian for your old grandma that needs come some company <laughs> no for sure, and, um, for sure. It's, it's the same with a yeah. bengal like you wouldn't want to buy your grandma a bengal for christmas you know it's um but then again there's some breeds um and i'm going to be doing some breed profiles in the next few weeks as well which will be fantastic but um like um some of them that you would think would be perfect for everybody um sometimes are not perfect for everybody so uh, burmese is a perfect example everybody loves burmese and so do i but if you're a person that doesn't want a cat in your face and demanding your time then That's maybe right. a burmese isn't quite right for you so you've got to have a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly with every breed. And sometimes it's not just about how they look, but about the traits that they have as a breed. And that's why we breed cats is because um, we have particular cats with, yes, they've got a particular look, but they also have different traits that make them good for different situations. They've got different things that need to be looked after. Exactly. So if you want a
0: long-haired cat, but you're not into grooming, then you probably wouldn't want to get a Persian. That's right. Because they do, you know, to keep them in that beautiful condition, yeah. they need to be regularly groomed. They need that's to be right. looked after. Yeah.
1: Um, Whereas the Somali, which is a, a semi-long hair cat, would be fine because you know, if, right. if you yeah. don't really need to groom them a lot. They tend to look after themselves pretty well. That's right. So, yeah. so yeah it, yeah, it sometimes you really need to do a bit more. Um, education about the breed that you're looking at getting rather than just finding a cute photo online and going oh my god I have to have that cat yeah I know that I think
0: that's um, one of the things that Facebook um, is not good at is that you can post some beautiful kitten photos up and everyone will go oh I want that oh yes that's the one I want I can tell you that two weeks later that kitten's probably nowhere near as cute as what it was back when the photo was posted yeah I mean, it's still a beautiful kitten, but, you know, you really need to do research. That's Um,
1: it. Instant buying on Facebook is not the way to get a cat. Definitely. And I suppose, I mean, we're talking a little bit more about breeds and stuff here as well, but even with rescue cats, um, although some of the um, rescue places will actually allow you to take a cat home and see whether it's going to fit into your
0: environment, but you have
1: to be almost a little bit more... um, uh, gentle with some of the rescue cats because you don't really know where they've come from and because they they don't have a pedigree as such, then you don't really know what their traits are going to be. So you've got to be a little bit more careful with choosing to go down that rescue line. And I yeah. mean we've got a heap of domestics and I know a lot of breeders that actually also have domestics um, and help with that sort of rescue side of things. But um, I think all cats we actually need them to let them be cats and find out what their traits are and then look after them according to those traits
0: yes i'm not uh i don't know any breeders would give anyone a trial run but i do know that just about all breeders would have a kitten contract and say look if that doesn't fit in then it comes back to me yeah. Um, so that I can actually find another home for it. And I know, I've not had any, but I know yeah. of breeders where, you know, the kitten's been there for a week and it's just not suited, it's not yeah. fitted in, and they've yeah. gone and picked up the kitten and refunded the money.
1: Now, that won't happen with a scammer. Exactly. And yeah. that's another really important point is that a lot of breeders will have some form of contract. And one of the things in those contracts is often this cat will be contained to your property. This is an indoor cat. This is not a cat that you can open the back door and let them run off. This is a cat that you are going to look after and pamper and really make sure that this baby goes to a a home where they're going to be loved and looked after. Right, Um, and
0: maybe train it to walk on a harness and take it for a walk outside in the garden with a harness and a lead so that it can't get off. I mean, cats are killers.
1: Oh (laughs) yes, absolutely. We'll have to be good neighbours these days. Um, We've had uh, Somali go out to Brisbane just recently and uh, I got some photos of her in her pram. So not only oh, has she been harness trained, she's got a pram and they go out for walks and she stays in her pram. And then when they get to the park, if there's nobody around, then she's allowed out on her harness on a for a little wander. Yep. And there's so many ways that you can actually look after cats like that now, that um, when they're at home, they need to stay home. And if they're going to go out, they need to be supervised.
0: It's, they need to be secured. so that Definitely.
1: Definitely. And it's not just that they can run away. It's,
0: you know, they can be stolen, all sorts of things. You yes. know? And, and cats are, I've worked in the environment area for a long time and cats are killers. And we have feral cats right through Central Australia. Yep. They've been out there for nearly 200 years
1: and they have decimated our wildlife. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we need to ensure that if cats are going to be in the community that they are kept away from other people's change. properties and and yep, that sort of thing. Sure. Yep. Also too, I mean, there's nothing worse than when you've got a neighbor's cat, Tom cat coming and peeing on your front door. You know, there's a lot of people that don't like cats because of the fact that there's um, Tom cats around or cats in general around the, the neighborhood that are causing problems and peeing on people's doors and cars and, you know, things like that and and it's not fair to those pets and people that are doing the right thing to have these guys out there being bad neighbors.
0: Yeah, um, I've got a two toms that
1: come from
0: two houses across the road and they come out the back and they spray around my um, stud cat's pen. Yep. So he doesn't spray. But these other cats come and spray around and it really upsets him and he calls yeah. and you can tell when they're there because he's calling and he's distressed in the middle of the night. And I think yeah. it's
1: just not fair on him. No, it's not fair, is it? And I mean, you're not like in the city either. You're out um, in semi-rural, I would suggest. Oh, semi-rural. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, it still is a problem out in rural areas. And I know like for years our, our my family come from the farm and there was always cats on the farm to look after uh, mice and all that sort of stuff. But we do have to be a little bit more um, environmentally aware these days. Uh, no That's matter right. where you live, whether you're in the middle of a city in a, a small apartment right through to being out on a big property. Um, and the feral cat pro- uh, problem in Australia is huge.
0: It is, it is. Yeah, I think down the track it, it will, yeah, it will come under control, but it's going to take a long time.
1: Yeah, it definitely needs a long-term solution. There's no short-term solutions. You can't just go out and shoot them all because they'll all be back within about a year. That's
0: right. You've only got to miss one male, one female, and
1: then you've got all these kittens. It's a bit like coronavirus really, isn't it? <laughs> it is not it thats yes. I think it works on the same principle. <laughs> So yeah, so the, yeah. I think that's a a, uh, a chat for another day. The uh, perhaps the uh, trap um, new to release programs that um, I know overseas they do, but they do. Um,
0: it's not encouraged here. I think yeah. there's a couple of programs around Australia, but yeah. it's not encouraged. You yeah. know, we don't want to let those cats back out into the wild. Yeah. I think with the new laws as they all come in to each state, that. Uh, as cats are not microchipped, then yep. they will be put down.
1: yeah which is a very sad way of th- having things happen, but it it's got to get yeah. under control at some stage. That's right. So, anyway, getting back to the scammers, have we missed anything for them to be looking uh, for? You no, know, I think that's
0: probably, we've probably covered lots. Um, I think probably the main thing is don't buy a cat from a cute photo on Facebook.
1: Definitely. Or
0: Gumtree or instagram or whatever and the most important thing is do your research build up a relationship with one or two breeders when you've decided on what breed Um, because once you've got that relationship and you buy a cat you're going to be friends for the next 20 years because you'll always have something where you think oh this is not quite right with my kitty what do i do so you contact your breeder and they'll yep. have some advice or they'll go looking i'll know where to go so yep. you're going to get this lifetime friendship with yes. the breeder of your cat who's going and to breeders love to, to see where
1: you know how their cats are doing as well i mean you know that's the thing breeders aren't just you know, putting out lots of animals for money like these scammers guys are, they actually do love every single animal that they breed and they want to be able to see that they're doing really well and uh, yeah, that they're happy and it's, and, it's and if there's so any problems at any scary, stage. Yep. You know,
0: when you, when you, you drop off a kitten and you hug it goodbye and you think, oh, yeah, and you come home and you think, oh, no, it's gone. But then they send you photos and videos and yep. you think, oh, cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of treatment. just the first chapter for them. We're, we're that little mm-hmm. uh, yeah, starting point right. and then yeah. uh, we send them on to their families that we know are going to look after them. And that's if right. for any reason yeah. they can't, that, that one of the other points they that you back. made is that if any for any reason somebody cannot keep an animal that you have bred, you can always take it back to the breeder. And the breeder will either right. um, he, they will actually help you find a new home or possibly even just take yeah. it back themselves. So so yeah, it's yeah, it's a, right. a um, it's a good thing to know that that's that's there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. and that,
0: and that's probably you know one of the important aspects behind breeding is that you know that if you can trust your new families, that if something happens, and it may just be you know illness or family situation changes,
1: that your cats can come back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And I think from a, a, um, a cat purchases perspective to actually know that there's somebody there if something does happen Goes wrong. Yeah. Um, it, it would make it a huge relief so yes, for sure yeah because yeah, yeah. life does happen you just never know what's going to happen in life these days and right. um, yeah just to have that backup and that support um, for when it, whatever you may need at any time while they have that cat is, you know, really important. Yeah,
0: no, I think, yeah, the breeder support, I think is is really important. Yep. Um, and, you know, you're not gonna get that from a scammer yeah. or, a backyard, or a backyard breeder. They may not yep. be a scammer,
1: but they're a backyard breeder. Yeah. And you're not gonna get that either. That's it, absolutely. All right, well, I think we've covered everything, Margie. Ooh. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank um, you for having me. If any, if we've missed anything and anybody's got anything that they would like to say, um, you can either email me and I can put it up onto um, the podcast. uh, Once this is up on our podcast or you can jump into the Facebook page for the cat mama and uh, have some comments underneath so that we can uh, make sure that everybody gets some great cats from all the right places and those scammers go out of business. Feel free to email me at meow at melissanewman.com.au if you have any questions or comments about the show. Help me keep cat food on the table and lights on at the cat pad by joining our community over at patreon.com forward slash catmama. The next podcast is one of many I hope to bring to you that will shine a light on and profile a particular breed. We're going to talk with Barbara LaRocca, a Burmese breeder, about what Burmese cats are like as housemates and who they are best suited to living with. Until then, stay safe and well. You've been listening to me, Melissa Newman, the Cat Mama. Thank you so much for tuning in.